This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. On today's How We See It, we'll talk with Suzanne Johnson from the Tampa VA. We will discuss topics including suicide, so listener discretion is advised. This is How We See It. I'm Deacon Mike Sweeney, and our guest is Suzanne Johnson. Suzanne is from the Tampa VA, the Veterans Administration at James A. Healy VA Hospital. She works in the outpatient mental health clinic as a nurse practitioner. What is your business card like? My gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's got a lot of phone numbers on it, so there's lots of resources. We always try to make sure people know the clinics to get a hold of us, scheduling numbers, and of course... They can't miss that there is a hotline. Definitely there's a 24-hour hotline for any of our veterans to call anytime. Well, go ahead. Give the number. 1-800-273-8255. And they just pressed 1. And they even made an easier way for veterans to reach out 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Dial 988, then press 1. And they will reach someone to support them through whatever they're going through. I'm amazed at the number of veterans in the Tampa Bay region. Yes, They're all over. They're all over. And, you know, that's where just talking with people, sometimes people are forthcoming about their service. Sometimes they aren't. So they definitely have a camaraderie and a brotherhood. And so as soon as they hear each other speak in the lingo, they can picture which branch, which service. Do you counsel veterans? Yes, every day. Does it take time to break down those walls? Yes. It's kind of amazing how sometimes the very first time I meet someone, they will just share all their deeper and most secrets. It always amazes me that, and kind of saddens me as well, sometimes veterans that are 60s, 70s, I may be the first person they ever told about childhood issues or abuses that happened. But then on the other side of the coin, and there's everything in the middle, we have clients that don't share certain aspects with us, sometimes for maybe eight to 10 years of meeting with them throughout the year. Wow. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I kind of believe that everyone goes through sorts of depression and anxiety through life, some worse than others. And when it is worse, they have to seek help. Am I right or wrong in that? I guess for me, I kind of have the blessing of both sides of the coin with respect to practice. So I've been doing psychiatry nursing since 1986. So I actually practiced and worked as a nurse and then eventually got my master's degree to be a nurse practitioner. So I've done about 14 years civilian before I ever started at the VA. So I've been working with veterans since 2001. So definitely, you know, there's so many clients that I knew before I ever did this civilian that suffer through different mood conditions, whether it's depression, anxiety. Definitely we're learning and and the schools are so much better about picking out any kind of learning disabilities, ADHD, but it's normal though. Yes. And I think the one thing, probably one message that I would want to get out to everybody is that if we think of the brain as an organ of our body, so picture somebody has diabetes and their pancreas is chemically imbalanced. We don't look at them and say, tell your pancreas to get over it. We, you know, make sure that they, you know, are getting their blood levels checked. We make sure that they get on medication. But in addition to the medication, even if we gave somebody with diabetes a perfect dose of medication, they can't eat chocolate cake every night and never exercise. 
So if we think about the brain, it's an organ. And some people, just because of the brain wiring they inherited from their parents biologically, they may have difficulties regulating their moods. Definitely reaching out and just getting someone who is trained to help you evaluate it. Definitely, too, it's so important to get the support of your family, friends. It's always easier for us in many ways to cope with our clients who have a connection to their spiritual faith because that's a resource that even though they go through times where they may doubt their faith because of what they're going through, that's still something that if they connect to is so hopeful. But on the same token, so even if somebody does at the point they do need medications, we don't just rely on medications, just like we wouldn't for the diabetic client. There's still things as far as exercise, taking care of yourself. Most of my clients are male, but I do see quite a few females as well, but they're kind of car enthusiasts too. So one of the analogies that's so easy for them to connect to, I try to get them to think of their dream car. It could be any car. Sometimes it surprises me. For many of them, they identify the car they already have. But for some of them, it's an antique. For some of them, it's brand new. Sometimes it's an SUV. Sometimes it's a race car. But I tell them, if you think of yourself like your favorite car, you're going to make sure that you put good fuel and that you don't run it. A brand new car, you don't want to run it 200 miles an hour on the interstate. And you're not going to want to put low-grade gas or you're not going to try to run it on no fumes. So if we kind of think of the brain that same way, we got to put good fuel in it. As much as a bacon double cheeseburger and fries and a shake (laughs) may taste wonderful, that's not going to get good energy to our brain. Are the issues that veterans present with the same as the general public, or do you find there are other issues like PTSD, things along those lines? The same diagnoses may be represented but it's just a different cause or etiology of it. And then also, too, it'll just be a different magnification of it. So in civilian work, I had clients that were victims, unfortunately, of child abuse, sexual abuse, car accidents, train accidents, that kind of thing. We kind of switch gears to our clients with our veterans and Their PTSD, most commonly with what we work with, is going to be something combat-related. We're very, very attuned and open, and we have resources for any veterans that have been the victim of any military sexual abuse. So we definitely have special programs and special supports for them. So that kind of stress, combat-related, I think the other thing that probably is most devastating to a lot of the clients I've worked with is if some of their PTSD relates to any type of mortuary work where they either had to pick up dead body parts, store dead body parts. That's something that's very specific to veterans that I didn't deal with in the civilian population. And it's not that other veterans in combat didn't see dead parts, but when your everyday duty you did was go to the field and pick up parts or have to store the parts of your fellow peers, sometimes people you knew. Those memories, it's just not connected with that same feeling of valor and energy from actually doing an action of fighting. So I think that's some of the most difficult flashbacks and memories and nightmares. I can't imagine a worse job. Thank goodness there's men and women that 
if you think of a business building that has a CEO and has different financial officers, there's still got to be a housekeeper. There's still got to be this, somebody that cleans the toilet if somebody threw up. With any kind of business, thank God that some people have had the calling to do something that is still part of this. And the ability. Yes. And then I think the one message I would want to get out there is to any veterans that are able or even friends and family of veterans that are listening to us or hear our message, there is nothing that they have gone through that we will not walk through the pain with them. We're talking with Suzanne Johnson from the Tampa VA. Do you have any idea how many veterans actually come for help? versus how many should? Like, in other words, is there a large percentage of veterans that just sort of hides in the shadows still? Yes. Years ago, I was part of some of the efforts that they did trying to send out flyers. A couple of years in a row, they did events out at the Sundome trying to get people to connect. And they really didn't have the turnout that they thought they would. But then what I hear retrospectively, quite a few of my clients don't come for 10, 20, 30, 40 years after their service. So that's another message. If we could get out to any of our clients, any of our listeners that are currently serving or family and friends of people that are serving, please, 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 as soon as they separate, we definitely want them to come and check in, you know, just to get yourself connected. They would go to the main part of the hospital, whether it's here in Tampa Bay Pines Hospital, any of the VA facilities they would go to and just check in with eligibility, bring their paperwork, they'll bring their DD-214s, and definitely just get yourself connected. On a personal level, I'm kind of a military sandwich, so I'm the baloney. My father served in the Navy, and my son served in the Marines. So I've seen it both as an employee as well as a support person. Do you treat patients with addictions from drugs, alcohol, and even things like gambling? And how about people with eating disorders? Yes, yes, to all, all of that. Above. Where I work is the General Mental Health Clinic. In our same building here in Tampa, we also have, it's titled SUDS, Substance Use Disorders. People at any point can just call the VA and they can self-refer. They don't have to have a consult from a provider to that clinic, both as well as the mental health clinic. And that way they can get connected. We have specialized counselors in substance abuse. Definitely they also deal with gambling addictions. And then we do have quite a few groups and programs for eating disorders. Sadly, there are a large percentage of service people who take their own lives. They just never reach out for help. What do you say to someone who is having thoughts of suicide? So that's where definitely, again reach out, get connected. Sometimes people definitely even just benefit from knowing that there's hope and there's somebody to partner with them. There's many clients that I deal with that because of the different things they've been through and just the way that their brain is working, they have thoughts of killing themselves every day, but they're not acting on it. And so I think maybe one of the things that I see is one of the biggest barriers is that people are afraid to talk about it. They're afraid that if I come in and I say something, they're going to lock me up for a month or two. Those kind of places don't exist anymore. Back when I worked in civilian, we had state hospitals, G. Pierce Wood, Winston Arcadia, and we just, we really 
people, if they really are in crisis, we want them to reach out, call the hotlines. If they aren't connected to the VA and for whatever reason don't feel comfortable, reach out to 911, get to the nearest hospital. I've had that blessing too of working at St. Joseph's. I've worked at the crisis center. I've worked at Tampa General. So there's help and any emergency room is going to get you connected. A lot of our veterans do, if they can't safely get themselves to the Tampa VA, we would want them to get to the nearest emergency room. And then the coordinators with that emergency room would get them connected over to the Tampa VA. I have found in my own life that just talking to a loved one or a friend or a coworker and unloading whatever is on my mind brings literally a physical change. When they talk about lifting the burden from your shoulders, just talking about it helps so much. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And I think what I have heard from many of my clients is sometimes they don't reach out to their loved ones because they don't want to burden them. They don't want that heaviness. And so then that's where we step in. We have a lot of services. We have a lot of different providers. The vet centers do a wonderful job in all the different communities where the veteran centers are manned by veterans themselves as counselors. So there's that instant connection. And then our programs at the hospital also do have a lot of peer supports. So there are a lot of veterans that are trained and then they're actually peer supports. Again, I think that's that message of anything you're going through. And even if it seems that you have this fear that other people are going to judge me or they're not going to like me or they're going to think badly of me if I share this, That's the message that sometimes you never know who you may actually touch and reach because you shared it. One of the things I'm so blessed to do, and I have to brag on them a little bit, I have a couple groups that I run and I partner with them. And the guys, it's just beautiful. There's things that they can say to each other. Sometimes they confront each other in a way that I can't, but they also support one another. They just uplift each other. And I think you mentioned too that hope. There's just that hope that I don't have to do this alone and that other people are still going to think well of me, even if I share the struggles that I'm having. Not only do you not have to do it alone, you shouldn't do it alone. It's so important to express and to talk about it. You touched on it earlier, but what are some of the things that a person can do if just an average listener going through minor issues of depression or anxiety, what do you say to that person to just sort of lift themselves up and maybe short of seeking professional medical help, what can somebody do to have a better day? Definitely idle time is like lighter fuel to any kind of moods. If you're not active enough, if you're not doing purposeful activities, Viktor Frankl was the psychiatrist in Auschwitz that had a perfectly controlled experiment. You know, there they were all getting the same food, the same conditions. And he found three things, the love of other people, being around nature, and then feeling purposeful in your work. That's one thing definitely in Florida, we are so blessed. We can be out in nature all the seasons, uh, maybe with an umbrella (laughs) or sunscreen sometimes, but definitely getting out in nature, being around people you love and care about. Sometimes too, having to look critically and limit your exposure to the drainers in your life. You know, you do want to have a somewhat equal exposure to people that fill your life. And then as much as we want to help others, 
you do kind of have to monitor how much you're exposing yourself to people that do suck that energy out of you. Just finding things you do. If you're at a point that maybe you're not able to work anymore, there's volunteer work. There's just different things you can do to still feel purposeful. And I think that's one thing that maybe is a little bit more specific and I've seen a lot more of in my veteran population is if they did have an injury and it's prevented them from being able to work. So many of them feel so badly about themselves not being able to provide in the way that they wanted to for their family. So some of them, we kind of came up with a way of looking at it as instead of I'm disabled, I can't work, I'm medically retired. And because of my service and because I am medically retired, a lot of times there is benefits that they can get connected to. And so looking at themselves that way instead of labeling themselves as disabled. So I think those are some of the things that people can do, whether you're a veteran or civilian, to tend to your emotions. And there are still things that somebody who might be disabled, there are still things and ways that they can help people, a lot of ways. Definitely. Get involved in church, get involved in other organizations, civic organizations. And animals. There's some of my veterans that feel stressed out being around people. So we definitely know there's a lot of people that benefit now from having service animals or even support therapy animals. But some of my veterans have actually come up with, too, that they want to volunteer at animal shelters. Everybody at some point goes through periods of stress. How do you deal with it? I have a lovely way to do the analogy, and I keep it in my office. If you think of those Lance Armstrong bands that are so stiff, right? They don't give. So we work on resiliency. If you think of a rubber band that gives, that it's got a lot more leeway. And you can improve your resiliency by making sure that you are attending to your body, getting enough exercise, doing nutrition, but also, too, finding joy in the activities you're involved in. Sometimes work is a four-letter word. It's work. (laughs) But definitely we look at why are you doing it. You know, it's not just for spending time. It's to get your paycheck. It's to benefit your family. So past your work, if work is something that's stressful, then look at what you're doing in your private life too. And there might be things that you do need to get back to that maybe you weren't doing. I also love the analogy of the airplane. When the airplane's crashing and stress is just so overwhelming and those yellow masks come down, if you're fumbling around trying to take care of dependents, you both die. So you have to put on your oxygen mask. You have to make sure you're taking care of yourself before you fumble around trying to take care of the dependents. And for a lot of the clients I deal with, self-care feels selfish. So they have trouble carving out that time for themselves. That's a military mindset, though, isn't it? Um, Not so much the self-care, but this idea of helping others. Right, and putting the, the good of the core, the good of the group mm. above yourself. Yeah. But that gets to be a problem once you're in everyday life. Yes. You have to kind of let go of some of that and take care of yourself. Yes. And I think one of the things it seems like a lot of my clients deal with is there was a certain predictability and a, the structure of being in the military. And so it's very difficult sometimes for them to leave that structure and to not have the routines and something that you just know and you have this direction. 
And so we talk about sometimes that there's a difference in the military. If you do aiming firearms or ordnance two inches to the left, somebody could die. Now, if you're at home and your wife is mopping two inches to the left and you keep harping on her, nobody's going to die if she mops two inches to the left and you're going to end up doing all the mopping. Have you seen the stigma lessen over the years when it comes to mental health issues? Oh, definitely. And both twofold for mental health, we're so much better about it. We talk about it more. Again, since I started working in psychiatry in the 80s, older clients a lot of times weren't talking to anybody. And they just felt that if you admitted that you were having problems with your emotions, then you were weak. So definitely we've gotten the word out. It's so much more welcomed and it's so much more easy for teachers, parents, loved ones. It's more acceptable. That way it definitely has helped. Now I do hear from quite a few clients that they still are afraid to mention too much what they're dealing with and that they feel that they'll be treated differently or that their peers won't have as much confidence in them or that there'll be retributions. One thing that I've been blessed to serve with some of my coworkers that actually did serve in theater. So there are psychologists, there are therapists, there are chaplains that are assigned to combat theater. And so that way there is help there. And we definitely just, again, I think the message is reach out And a lot of times you never know when somebody else is watching you go for support and that may make them feel comfortable with going for support as well. We're talking with Suzanne Johnson from the Tampa VA. As a nurse practitioner, you deal with medications. Can you talk a little bit about medications and how they've changed over the last 10 and 20 years? Oh, it's tremendous. It's almost mind boggling. There's so many options. You know, years ago, almost all the antidepressants we would give you made you gain weight. There was cardiac effects and just horrible side effect profiles. So now the medications are getting more and more specific. For years, I was actually a speaker for one of the pharmaceutical companies part-time. And so there's just so much research that goes into this. They're refining how the medications specifically go to certain receptor sites So that instead of affecting a lot of your neurons, it's very specific. So the side effect profiles have been much more improved. Probably one of the things least talk about is the sexual side effects. So we definitely know which medications are less likely to cause those problems. There's no side effect that we wouldn't want you to come and tell us about and talk about. Sometimes it's dose related, but sometimes we do need to make a change. And the difference between specializing in psychiatry versus just a general practitioner giving you your meds. The general practitioners a lot of times will learn one, two, maybe three medications. Whereas when that's our specialty, we learn 50 to 100 and we learn how to combine one or two, maybe three or four, depending upon your symptoms. I think most of us usually like the method of go slow and stay low. So we're not there to push you One thing great about the VA, I don't get paid any different if I prescribe you five medications or one or none. That's one of the beauties of being a nurse practitioner. Some of my clients come to me and we do talk therapy and that's all we do. The medications definitely have a point 
And I've just seen firsthand if somebody's brain is chemically imbalanced to the point that they aren't able to think correctly and they can't concentrate and the depression is to the point that they just feel like their only option is to die. Medications are so life-changing. It's like looking at a different person. So I always recommend to people, you know, talk with your providers, but if you're having problems with them, again, talk with whoever prescribes it for you. There's a lot of different things we can do to manage the side effects. If you are a veteran and listening right now, and you want to take that first step, but you're afraid that you know too many people in the Tampa area, I just want to go somewhere else. How can they do that? They could go to a different area. It would be a drive. They wouldn't get reimbursed. But we do, sometimes we have veterans who are actually working at our hospital. So sometimes they do choose to go to Bay Pines and that facility and those locations. Or Orlando, the new hospital over in Orlando. So I actually also have an aunt who's a Navy veteran, and I recently went with her to an appointment over in Orlando, and that's a beautiful facility. So that's where sometimes people do go to other locations. There may be special instances where if something needed to be done, depending upon a lot of our guys do have other insurances or some of our active duty may have TRICARE or something else, then they may be going to civilian providers if they just don't feel comfortable. It is a double-edged sword because there's this sense of camaraderie when you walk around the walls or the hallways of the Tampa VA because you'll see all these other service members. But for some people, that's a trigger, and that just is so uncomfortable. So they may end up wanting to go to civilian providers. If somebody does present to the Tampa VA... Do they have to worry about their issues being brought to a committee and discussed and some of the embarrassing feelings that they might have? Your records are secure. They're only discussed with your providers. So there's not a committee that would review it just for you going in and getting care. The only time things get reviewed is when you file a claim wanting to connect your condition to the VA service time. And then that goes through a totally separate process. That's the compensation and pension processes. But again, the only people that can look at your record are people that are directly involved in your care. So say if you go to the VA and then all of a sudden you see your neighbor is a nurse in the eye clinic, she cannot look at your record. And every time we even log into the medical record, now we have to use our ID. So we're logged in as an employee. Like I said, I have family members that are veterans. I never looked at their record because I would lose my job. And it's illegal for me to look at their record. So all of the HIPAA laws are the same for you? Yes. So tell us one more time, how does somebody take that first step and seek help? They can always just go into the emergency room if they need help immediately or call 911 or call the crisis line. Definitely, if they have time and it's not emergent, then getting in touch with eligibility for whatever is their closest VA hospital and getting connected that way. Is there a website or a phone number? For the Tampa VA, 1-813-972-2000. And then again, the crisis line number, 1-800-273-8255. Or the 988 and press 1 would be the crisis line. And they could talk you... You know, maybe they could let you know if you weren't sure where the nearest VA facility was or hospital. 
All right. So Suzanne, in these last few moments, are there any sort of social gatherings that somebody could attend to just sort of get a taste of what support is available? Um, Yes, we actually, our peer facilitators put on some coffee socials. One of them meets the fourth Wednesday of every month from 8 to 9.30. And that number is 813-998-5442. And then another coffee social meets on the first Friday of every month at the Veterans Memorial Park from 10 to 11.30. And there's two phone numbers for the peer facilitators that do that program. One of the numbers is 813-372-0400. Another number is 813-997-3077. And those are put on by veterans who are also peer support. Thank you, Suzanne. Oh, thank you for having me. Our guest today has been Suzanne Johnson from the Tampa VA. And this is How We See It. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash how we see it. Mm-hmm.